The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals participating in the show. All persons described or mentioned in the podcast should be considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This podcast contains subject matters such as violence and graphic descriptions along with adult language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Over the past five years, 200,000 downloads, and now our 200th episode, we here at Mysterious Brews are prepared to present you a very special episode. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of our 200th episode extravaganza. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. I started talking, and then like an idiot, I still had myself muted, so I was like, I don't hear nothing. Well, <laughs> as and the bad yeah, thing I mean, is, we just got through, both of us just like, sitting here in silence for two solid minutes. Like 200 episodes, man. We know what we're doing. We now. got it down. Like, we got it down. <laughs> and like... You were like you were waiting on me. I was waiting on you. So we just sat there and stared at each other for two minutes. Oh man, yeah, it's hard to believe. I know that we were both officially on the date five year anniversary. We were both uh, busy. I was back to school, and you was living the high life in Florida. But uh, we are officially doing our five year anniversary two hundred F. Uh, episode. So, 52 weeks in a year, five years. We should be on like 250-something by now. We do take some time off. And with that first couple of years, we did micro-brews, and we did mini-episodes. And so, we're not, we're not scared to take a day off or two. That's true. But most some of the time... Take, some of us take a month off. <laughs> most of the time... When we take a day off, it's because we can't get our schedules to work. Nope. For two guys that aren't busy, can't just sync up. No. Well, my son's running into the same thing. He started his senior year, and he's only got to go to the school for one class. And that's... um, What? Yeah, he goes to tech school, and then he goes to the regular school for one class, and then he does dual enrollment classes at home. So anyway, he's trying to sync up with his friends, and he's drunk, he's learning the same thing, man. It takes forever. And then you just got to just go out and say, all right, on this date, we're going to do something. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, we had a little bit of love on the Patreon front, if I can get it to pull up. We had some, uh, we've been, if you're not a member and coach says this all the time, if you're not a member of our Facebook private group, which is not real private, we admit anybody, um, join that because we've had some good discussions. Uh, Mr. I think it was Terry. Wasn't it Terry Andrew that had the zinger today about the naked woman? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But anyway. Join the Facebook group. You'll get the shenanigans. You'll get the best memes on the 
internet by coach himself. That's right. I only pick the choicest of memes. That's right. We had a lot of people like us that had never heard of, that was a thing I was going to talk about on Patreon. We had a lot of people, patrons that had never heard of the Christine Scoobish case. Um, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like I never, I saw it on TikTok, and I never heard, I never heard of it, but it was on Unsolved Mysteries. How can a case that interesting as much as I've watched Unsolved Mysteries, how can a case that interesting just go by and not me not even remember it? But seriously, my sister is like an unsolved like she's the rain man of unsolved mysteries. She knows everything. Like just randomly when I found it, I, I texted her and I said, I didn't say anything. I just said Christine Scoobish. And she said wasn't she the one where they like found her on the side of the road and she was like naked and I was like oh my god like how did you do that you should have been like hey I need season number and episode number or I'm not believing that you don't have Google up (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh, we did have someone reach out and um, I'm not going to go into a lot of details but he said in the small town in Arkansas that he's from they had someone that he knew whose wife had some drug problems and just went missing and assumed everyone assumed that she was off on a bender. Turns out she was found three weeks later. She had run off the side of the road actually between on the bridges between his house and the town, the closest town he lives to. And her car was basically under a bridge and wasn't visible from the main highway the crazy thing is it was only a 50 foot drop off the road and nobody knows how long she was down there alive, but they said that she did live through the wreck. So it sounds like this occurs a lot more. Well, and that was a single car crash too. So, I mean, a single, not a single car crash. That's not single occupant car crash. I guess is what I'm trying to say. There was not, there wasn't a small child with that individual, but anyway, so a lot of people have stated that they think that Christine worked in tandem with a guardian angel to make sure that Nick was kept safe. I don't know if we shouted this fine gentleman out or not, but bad bill is a new patron love the moniker. He is from the Midwest city, Oklahoma. Uh, I may have to take a retraction here on one of them. The CA, I called him the California coach, but it's CA underscore coach. He joined at the $10 tier and he's actually out of Allen, Texas. So if you are not a California coach, I do apologize. I don't want to shame the great state of Texas by getting those two states confused. No, you definitely don't want to upset a Texan by calling him a Californian. No, sir. But anyway, so that's one way. That's one way to get your ass full. <laughs> yes, it is. So we have for y'all's lovely listening well, experience. Coach, one we to- figured we figured since this was our two hundredth episode, we needed to do something special. So we picked out a case that was guaranteed to make all our diehard true crime fans go, oh, my God, not this shit again. (laughs) Because tonight we're talking about our favorite creature and yours, 
the Bigfoot. That's right. And everybody that knows us knows that we are true believers. So for those of we you out there, for I know for those of you out there that don't believe, here's the, this is for you. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> he's, he's out there like I, get, I can't shit from people i know people you know people we know people we don't know on the internet we catch shit for it we even get insulted in our five-star reviews yeah that's right I, but i'll take that now i will say this there are and, and you said it a couple of episodes ago you said it best i think both of us approach videos of hey this new bigfoot video we both approach it with, and like we swing, optimism. we yeah, but we swing way on the skeptical side, and it better be some damn good footage for us to go. That might be real. Yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you a video I'll find and be like, man, look at this fake, fake ass bullshit. But on the same token, at this point of this creature's notoriety, the balls you must have. To walk around in the woods in a fake monkey suit. That's what I don't understand. And that's one thing that we'll touch on is those two idiots that said that they have shot one in Georgia and tried to pass off a raccoon and something else they stitched together. And then one of those guys got out of jail and tried it again in 2012. Yeah. Freaking morons. The stupidity of the of people knows no bounds. But at least they didn't put the suit on and walk around. There was a case in California where a guy was dressed up as Sasquatch. Um, I believe it was California. If I'm wrong, I don't care. Uh, was dressed up as Bigfoot crossing the road to scare people, and he got hit and got killed. <laughs> I remember that one. There's a guy that we worked with together that one year that lives on a golf course near me, and he bought a costume so that he can walk out in front of people. And I'm like, do you know where you live? They will shoot you. It's like living in Louisiana. You're gonna have to text me that name. I don't remember. But I mean, shoot, we know we know people that have have had encounters. Yes. A very well respected man in the I believe the University of Georgia Football Hall of Fame, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, new inductee. And he sat down at a coach's meeting and said, Boys. I don't know how to say this, but I think I saw Bigfoot last night. <laughs> <laughs> and he was only a couple man. of minutes behind another coach, and that guy was like, man, I didn't see shit. And everybody on that table kind of laughed at him, but you and I sat forward and was like, please explain. Yes, please do tell, do tell. So <laughs> we're going to start off with what we figured was we would do a well, top. Gonna, yeah, we're going to do like. The I most famous, kind of most credible, most credible sightings. The ones that still people. cannot be debunked. Yeah. We got people signing sworn affidavits in court in front of lawyers to swear that he, what he saw is what he saw. I mean, you're going to put your rep, your entire reputation on the line. You're going to put yourself in legal trouble if you get caught lying in an affidavit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these people. So the first article that I sent, Coach, started off with, now we've covered, I want to kind of try to keep it chronological. We'll probably screw this up, but we normally do. So we actually covered the case of Ape Canyon, and it was around the same time that the 
Albert Ostman abduction occurred. And this is where the man, he was actually in British Columbia in 1924 in, um, near the Toba Inlet. Now he was camping alone when he says that one night he was sleeping in his sleeping bag and a, what he says is big male Bigfoot came in and, and literally just picked him up and walked away with him in the bag. Yep. Took because him to meet imagine. mama. So I got a present. <laughs> yeah. I, he's probably part Cajun too. He probably took that big burrito home and said, you think we can do anything with this? But anyway, um, Osman was held captive for almost a week um, and eventually escaped when the big male ate some of Osman's chewing tobacco and got sick. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Anybody that takes a big hankering of chewing tobacco, especially in the 20s, um, you're going to get sick if you'd never tried it before. Yeah. So it ain't you, it ain't you, it ain't your grandson's tobacco. No, it's the real deal. It's your granddaddy's tobacco. Now, this story is retold in David Daigling's book, Bigfoot Exposed, an Anthropologist Examines America's Enduring Legend. Osman described his, I guess, the, the family to that of William Rowe, who had an encounter back in 1955. Now... Osman said the encounter took place in 1924 and he didn't write it down until 1957 after he saw that Roe had come forward. So is there some confirmational bias there? Probably. But you're thinking, you have to think about it, the 20s, and the guy's probably thinking that he got a hold of some bad tobacco too and he dreamed all of this. And then when William Roe comes along in 1955, He's, well, he also probably doesn't. He also probably doesn't think anybody's going to believe him, or just think he's plum crazy. Which is a, that's a southern term right there. He plum crazy right plum there. Plum crazy. He's a, he's a few mouth shut, and then once the second person come forward, and it was in the it was still in British Columbia, but it was near Micah Mountain in 1955, and he said he saw a quote partially human, partially animal creature while hiking, and that's when he wrote down, like you said. He put his name out there. He filled out a sworn affidavit that the creature was six feet tall and covered in brown, silver-tipped hair with thick arms reaching down to its knees, broad feet, and breastuses. And that full story is on the Alberta Sasquatch Organization website. Quote, as I watched the creature, I wondered if some movie company was making a film at this place that was, that what I saw was an actor made up to look partially human and partially animal. Now, that's what he wrote in the affidavit. He goes on to state, quote, but as I observed it more, I decided it would be impossible to fake such a specimen. Uh, according to the abominable science origins of Yeti, Nessie, and other famous cryptids, Rose ape-like sighting marks the change from earlier Sasquatch encounters in British, British Columbia, which before Rose's account, they always described Sasquatch as a giant-sized indigenous person. And now it becomes a hairy ape-like creature. Now, some people will tell you that it's always been a hairy 
ape-like creature, but the indigenous people have always respected it. And then there's offshoot theories of, you know, why they, they used to trade with Sasquatch and they would give meat to him or them. They would trade with them. Something happened. I can't remember the exact story, and that's why they don't ever talk about it anymore. Um, now, Expedition Bigfoot was all in Oregon one year, so, and they've caught some interesting things on that show. Yeah. Well, if there is a environment that is made for a creature of this magnitude, it is the Pacific Northwest. Yes. I mean, come on. Well, you know, there's a, a other than the Pacific Northwest, I believe Oklahoma is the second most sighted. Southeastern Oklahoma is a, there's a ton of sightings. And that's the Piney Woods of Texas, isn't it? No, it's in Oklahoma. What did I just say? Well, no shit, but I mean, it's right there on the border, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> what did I just say? Yeah, that's in Texas. No, damn it. That's why they call it Texarkana. <laughs> that <laughs> that was on okay. purpose. I was on that one was on purpose. Uh, okay. I was trying. Well, you're supposed to read my brainwaves after five years. I was trying to say that where you're saying all the sightings are occurring in Oklahoma is near the piney woods of Texas, not in Texas. Uh, God Almighty, it's here we are. Te- it's not Texas. What I'm we, trying to tell you. We guarantee it ain't Texas. <laughs> Guaranteed. All right, so let's. So you got 1924, you got 1957, and then you've got a bunch of footprints that start showing up in 1958 in California by a man named Ray Wallace. Now, depending on who you talk to, um, Ray Wallace hoaxed the whole thing. He made up over yeah, 300. To his, according to his family. He hoaxed it. I mean, you got to kind of try to, I mean, you don't think the family's going to discredit the man after he was dead. They would come out and tell the truth after he was dead. You know, let's say the man really didn't hoax it. He genuinely saw all these footprints and then he dies and his family's like, nah, he was full of shit. He like, was laughing the whole way right. to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems to me like that would be believable that he hoaxed them because the family is the one that came out and said it. Next in our plethora. No, um, no, no comment on that. We're just going to keep moving. We're going to do a 10 minute episode. No, I'm just saying the bit. I don't know what to think about. Now, the guy <laughs> supposedly did put out the um, if this is the same man I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that cut out the big wooden feet and strapped it to his shoes and walked around the construction sites when they were cutting the logging roads in the Cal- Northern California, was it not? Or is that another guy? You don't know, do well, you? Well, now say that. I'm sorry. One more time. Is this the same guy that had the big wooden cutouts and he would walk around the construction equipment, or is that someone else? Yeah. No, that's him. Okay. That's, that's him. Okay. So that individual leads us into the reason that we have the most famous footage ever, and still arguably to this day, the smoking gun footage. And that is the Patterson-Gimlin film in 1967. Yeah, I'm just going to issue a challenge. If you're out there and you're still listening, 
there's a reason why we made this episode the way we did. We talked for five minutes before we unveiled the topic because that's all we need to get an episode count. <laughs> so, so all our true crimers turned off, I'm sure. Probably. We still got you. We got your ass. But if you're still listening and you don't believe in this film, please explain to me how it's fake. Don't say, well, this guy said it was fake. Show me. Show me how it's fake. Yeah, and it's... I can, I can send you about 70 videos of a breakdown that will show you muscle texture, show you the titties. I mean, you're not going to fake titties. Who's going to... If you think of Bigfoot, you're going to think of a male Bigfoot. All right, you got three guys out there that are going to fake this. You really think they have the wherewithal to go, you know what we should do? We should put some titties on that thing. You're right, man. I mean, honestly... But you can see the muscles moving in the legs. You can see the facial features. They have broken this video, this film down 900 times. So if you don't believe this film, tell me how it was fake. Well, there's several Discovery Channel specials. There's one where they actually find someone that's over, I think he's six foot seven or maybe taller. And they put the little, whatever, that that suit where they put the little, looks like ping pong balls all over him, and they try to get him to walk across a green screen, mimicking the same gait and everything, and he can't get his feet to, and legs to bend the way that Patty does. So that, again, they set out to disprove it, and all they did was strengthen the authenticity, I guess is the best way to put it. Now, up until now, no one had ever caught one on camera, taken a picture, gotten especially video footage. So Patterson and Gimlin, and I can't remember, there's been so much stuff that I've read about this over the years. I think Patterson had gone up before and seen the footprints or heard something, and he came back to get Bob Gimlin. And then, but they knew each other from rodeoing. And he told it, I think Patterson told him, said, look, the worst case scenario, we take three days. We go through the wilderness, camp out under the stars and we just waste three days, but we get our horses, some exercise. And so that's kind of how he sold it to Gimlin. But, and there's, I think there are, I think Les Stroud interviews um, Bob Gimlin, and he goes into more detail about the backstory on it. And you can find that on YouTube if you want to dive into that. But basically, and then there's all sorts of offshoot theories. The reason that they, one of the major theories is the reason that Patty is walking away is because as the camera starts, People claim that they have tried to stabilize it and that there's actually a smaller Bigfoot in the beginning of the film and then there's one up in the tree line. Now, whether or not that's there, I don't know. Well, there's also that theory that that was actually a massacre. Right. Yeah, have you heard that theory? That yeah, there was they somebody... They only filmed the one that they let live or whatever, like... 
that's horseshit. Yeah, the guy that supposedly was bankrolling the logging industry up through there, supposedly this group of Bigfoot Sasquatch was terrorizing his workers and they refused basically to complete the job. And so he brought in cutthroat ex-military guys and they commenced to just killing everything in sight. And like coach said, Patty's the only one that got away so that they could film it. Um, depending on what, and you can type in Bigfoot massacre and it, it, that's the one thing that shows up. So, I mean, if you find the right website, it is a little, I mean, there's a lot of names thrown about, which again is confirmation bias, I guess, about whether or not you want to believe this is true or not. Now, we can't go much further without talking about Dr. Jeffrey Meldrum. He has been on just about every episode of anything dealing with Sasquatch and Bigfoot. And he says that he has gone with, was it Thinker Thunker or the other guy that that stabilized it first? I'm not sure who did it first, but MK Davis is who you're thinking of. But yeah. Thinker Thunker and MK Davis have both done several videos. Now, Meldrum, I think I think it's MK Davis. I think Meldrum had sat down with him, and Meldrum starts in the stabilized version. He is showing you the musculature, how the limb ratios are off from a human, and it's way too smooth for it to be someone with extensions in an ape suit. Um, and then the way the foot bends, that mid-tarsal break, he is, I think he, the last article I saw, he's got over 400 um, casts of prints and some of his casts have the ridges, the dermal ridges that make, that would be extremely hard to fake. Yeah. When you have an anthropologist that's buying into this, you're going to have to believe the man because if you ever watch anything with, um, Meldrum, he'll like every time he's on TV, he's bringing out his collection and he's got, hundreds of Bigfoot prints and one in particular that sticks out is he's got two prints found decades apart, two different areas and they're the same footprint. Like, so you're telling me like the same exact footprint, like exactly. And you're telling me what are they doing trading? Are they trading? Are they trading planks? Well, the thing is in that one, isn't there the reason he knows it's the same one is because it was an injury that he noticed in the first footprint. And then he kind of was like, I'll probably never see that again. And then as soon as the second one showed up, he was like, holy shit, I've seen this before. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. So we move from. I believe if you are a listener and we've convinced you after this episode, if you went from a non-believer to a believer, let us know. Well, nothing would make us happier. <laughs> right. Nothing would make us happier. Well, the other thing, I guess, is there's a lot of horseshit documentaries out there when it comes to Bigfoot. There's a lot of famous cases that don't have a lot of, et- like, physical evidence. Boggy Creek. Um, I can't think of the other one. But those are ingrained throughout this whole, if you follow Sasquatch, 
And then, of course, you can go on the BFRO, and they've logged damn near every sighting, whether it's real or fake, and you can wade through that list if you want to. But there's, of all of the ones out there, I think Coach and I will agree, there's probably five or six videos that's really hard to disprove. Patterson Gimlin's number one. You know, there's a, another couple that we're going to get to. My, my I know – if you want to get to it now, we can. I'll tell you my, the second one that I would say is the closest to the, the one I would say is, I don't know what I'm trying to say. My number two, I believe this one is real as well, but it's not my favorite. Is that Freeman footage. Yes. Now I think the Freeman footage is real too. And someone's come in behind him and stabilized it. Um, and he's a former U.S. Forest Service patrolman. And he had tried to state, and what was funny was the way that I remember this is he was trying to habituate the family of Sasquatch that lived behind his house. And he was showing where they would come down and drink. So he had some tracks and he had left some trinkets. He had stacked some rocks. He may have left some fruit. I don't remember. And so as he crosses the stream and cr- comes up, that's when he catches one moving from his right to his left. And it is grainy, yeah. and it, it scares the shit out of him. He goes, oh, there he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I remember about it. Because he's filming Prince. He wasn't out there to – he wasn't out there specifically to film Bigfoot. He was out there documenting Prince that he found. Right. And, like – He's narrating. He's talking about blah 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 blah. And then you he he hears something. He looks up and he steps out of the out of cover or whatever. He's oh there he goes. <laughs> yeah, and he about dies. So yeah, I'd have to say yeah. the Freeman footage. That one. What is is it the Memorial Day footage where they're across the lake and he runs across the hillside? Yeah, it runs across the field. That would like probably it. be my number three. That's a high rate. He's at a high rate of speed and say what you want about finding Bigfoot, but they sent big ass Bobo out there to run across that field as fast as he could to see if he could match that gate. Cause he, you know, they did it just cause he's big and he couldn't come close. Couldn't come close to that speed. Well, no, in Monster Quest before them had that sprinter tried to match the speed and he slipped and fell. And he had the, I think, didn't they have a GPS uh, backpack on him that was tra- trying to track? Yeah. He slipped and fell, and while his speed was close, I don't think he came, it matched it exactly. What's funny is, at the very end of that, doesn't it get to the, I may be thinking of the wrong thing, doesn't it get to the tree line, and then it kind of stands up? like cause It, it kind of slows down. Yeah. Okay, because it's I mean, been shit, years. We're talking about, we're speculating about this. Well, don't we do this? Don't we do that? It ain't like we can't just get on YouTube right now. You're right. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it's been years since I've seen some of these footages. It's just because there's nothing new out there. So those would be the top three right now. There's some other ones out there. Um, the Marble Mountain footage also, I think, is on that episode of Monster Quest. That is when a youth group is camping in the Marble Mountains of California. And this is recorded on the big VHS uh, shoulder-mounted video cameras. 
And You're going to love that. They see what they originally think is a man walking down the ridge line, and then it kind of, I guess, gets silhouetted correctly. And there's an argument in the ba- of everybody watching it. Is that a guy with a backpack on? And then it kind of turns, and the gate and the arms are real long. Yeah, that's the one that they're recording. They start recording because they find a nest. Yes. And, like, they're, yes. cl- they're climbing in and out of this big – Let's, for the lack of a better word, Sasquatch nest, and they catch they catch the thing watching them essentially. Now I don't know if I don't remember a whole lot about him. Grover Krantz was the first anthropologist to start making cast of the tracks, um, and I think it was nineteen eighty two when he. Like that was the first, I don't want to say real scientist, but I guess a scientist willing to put his credentials on the line. He was from Washington State University, and I think he put in there that basically he couldn't explain it. And so that he was very interested by it. We, I will try to link some of these um, articles that I've got that has the videos. Um, Linked in them, but the we've kind of already talked about this, but the Freeman footage doesn't he come back later and say that there was he had seen maybe it's I'm getting two things confused. So we had talked about him going Not out there. You, I know. Him going out there talking or uh, showing his tracks of what he saw. Like, hey, a fresh set of tracks. Is it in that video that he discusses that he had seen a family like tending to smaller Sasquatch? I don't believe so. Okay. Could be. We're not experts. Far from it. <laughs> Far from it. Like, don't start asking technical questions when it was your idea to say, fuck it, let's just wing it. Yeah. Well, that is true. That don't, is ask true. Me, don't ask me questions that definitely require research. Now, between 1982 to kind of back up the Freeman footage, between 82 and 2000, there were an estimated 75 Bigfoot tracks in the Blue Mountains where Freeman captures his footage. I think one of the more famous trackways is from Cliff in Finding Bigfoot. And I think he cast a, I think he cast seven or eight of those real definitive in soft mud tracks. Um, So we got, these are in no particular order after this. So there's, I don't know about this one. This one's called the Independence Day film. Does it look like it could be someone in an ape suit? Yes, it does. But what kind of seals the deal? I'm, I'm not, I still am not 100% that like I am with the Patterson-Gimlin or the Freeman footage. This one shows like a Sasquatch walking between like a boulder field and a dead pine and as it passes right bef- past the, or as, as it clears the tree, 
it's almost like it reaches down and scoops up a young child Sasquatch, which kind of shocks the shit out of it. Because the way I remember when I first saw this was like, oh, the hell, that's, an, that's somebody in an ape suit. This is not even, you're not even trying hard. And then that long, this long-ass arm just kind of scoops up this little baby Bigfoot and makes a turn and they're gone. And so it kind of, and then there, the other footage, and I had forgotten about this and I don't know what it's called, is that juvenile Bigfoot they have in the tree playing around. And that one was. Uh, yeah, on. that's, in, that's in upstate New York. I can't remember. I wouldn't know how to Google it. But yeah, it showed it looked like a monkey swinging in the tree, which honestly could have just been an escaped monkey swinging in a tree. But it's still in upstate New York, which is not typical ape territory. And that leads us into the Allegheny Bigfoot. And in 2007, Rick Jacobs captured some footage. I guess pictures is the best thing to say on his trail camera in Pennsylvania's Allegheny National Forest. And he, this is another famous picture. This looks like a chimp hunched over walking on all fours going past his trail camera. Again, it could be an escaped chimp. It could be a pet that was turned loose or got, got loose. Now, People are trying to say, people that are skeptics and don't believe that Bigfoot exists, and that, I guess this is where it pisses me off when some of these skeptics try to debunk a bunch of stuff. It's okay for you to go, hey, that looks like a chimp. What pisses me off is when they go, oh, well, that's a bear with a mange. No, the hell it's not. That <laughs> That is no, that bear would not have made it is all I can tell you. No. That is too skinny to be a bear. I don't care. You've never obviously seen a bear. Um, now, one that I do believe is real is the Mississippi Cypress Swamp footage. Oh, that was scary. Yes, sir. And the, this guy from Mississippi named Josh Highcliffe, here's something. And so he's videoing as he's walking, trying to investigate it. And he, I think he thinks that it is a bear trying to rip apart one of these cypress knees and get into like termites or something like that. Well, I don't know if he steps on something or the Sasquatch finally is like, to hell with it, it's too much work. But that thing stands up. And when it does, uh, Mr. Highcliffe leaves a high, high stain. High stain in his draws. Whatever it is, it's big. So if it's fake and it's the guy in a suit, it's a guy in a suit standing in a hot ass swamp doing something to a tree that I wouldn't take the time to do. And then when it stands up, it is a big, big man. If it's a man, it's a big, big man. Yes. And the other thing is, Highcliffe actually posted it to YouTube saying, hey, is this an animal? It did I ca capture a skunk ape slash Sasquatch or was some dumbass out in this swamp? Y'all help me decide. So he really didn't post it for notoriety. He was just trying, I guess, so that he could feel better about going back out in the woods. But as you can tell from the footage when you look this up, it is still green outside. And if you're in Mississippi in a swamp and it's still green, they some... There's lots of things in that swamp that'll kill your ass. And so you're going to tell me, like Coach said, 
you're going to convince a big ass man to put on an ape suit and wade through nasty ass snake spider infested waters and God knows what else just so you can get your five minutes of fame. Not me. I tell you to go piss off. Well, yeah, like I'm saying, it's like you got to be one crazy son of a bitch to put on an ape suit out in the woods, especially anywhere in the South. Anywhere. Because if uh, granted, I'm not a hunter. You're a hunter. Is there any time in the year that you can't be in the woods hunting something? Not really. Like, is there, like, I know there's turkey season, duck season, deer season, every season. I don't know if they overlap. I don't know if there's like a t- one month of the year where there's nothing. But hell, you can shoot coyotes anytime. So there's probably guys that would shoot coyotes. There is. There's somebody in the woods with a gun everywhere. So you're going to put on an ape suit and walk around? No. Not happening. No, not me. crazy. Not me. Captain Try that Planet. in a small town. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Did you hear me? I heard you. I heard you. You are cutting out a little bit, but I heard that. Now, um, <laughs> so the, I know we're all over the place, but I finally found the name of it. It's Sasquatch Legend Meets Science is the Discovery Channel where they picked that damn Patterson-Gimlin film apart. That's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Meldrum wrote the book, and then they made the documentary. Yes. Yes. So Dr. Jeff Meldrum wrote that. He also ties into, I think it was around the time he did the documentary that they discovered Lucy in, um, God, where is it? It's the, I can see the islands. I can't think of it. But it's a basically a little bitty hominid. <laughs> I can't remember either, but yeah, they found like the Hobbit. Yes. Yes. That's it. That is Exactly it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so we've covered all that. We're going to fast forward to, I'm sure we're leaving out some people can get pissed off. But, yes, there are dumbasses out there. Let's go ahead and give them their 30 seconds. The two boys from Georgia tried to hoax a body, and I think we were, were we teaching in 2008? I believe it was 2010. Okay, so. 2000. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, we did. No, when 2011. I based it around my. I got. I was. I was working at a hellhole when I got married, and then my next job was you, and I got married in 2010. So oh, there you go. Had to be 2011. All right. Well, 2008 is when the, the old boys from Georgia decided they were going to sew a raccoon and something else together and freeze it. And yeah, they bought an ape suit off a Halloween website, and then literally dumped. Raccoon guts, raccoon possum guts on top of it. Took a picture of it and said it was Bigfoot. And they, I mean, granted they they got paid. They made the national news. It's not the world news. They were on CNN. They were on Fox News. I know that much. I don't know how much international coverage they got, but I'm sure it was something. Yeah, they said they found the body while they were hiking in the woods of northern Georgia. The two men are Rick Dyer and Matthew Whitten. Two geniuses. There is a Reuters report at the time when they uh, first come out, and then like within twelve hours, they retract that report and say, "Hey, we had we just got took to the cleaners." Now, now Rick Rick Dyer wasn't the original two. The other guy was original. There was another guy. Rick Dyer is the one that they 
he got involved because he was the sensationalist and he was the guy trying to get it all promoted. He's the one that actually tried it again. Right. He didn't go to jail for it. Right. The Dyer, that's what one I was about to say. Rick Dyer is the one that tried to do it again and say he claimed, well, say he claimed. He claims to have shot another Bigfoot in San Antonio, you know, just walking down the streets of San Antonio. But anyway. Um, and he actually went on tour with it and charged people money to see it. And people paid to see it. And after he got done with his little, he's like, ah, man, that's fake. <laughs> it's like the bearded lady. You're going to pay 2 or $3 to go see if she's got a real beard or if it's a real lady. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to the Provo Canyon footage. Now, this one is hotly debated, and there's actually two different videos. There is one that was posted on October 30th, 2012, and it is was uploaded by the YouTube user named Beard Card. And this is, there was some people camping, and they're trying to see how close they can get to a deer without it spooking it. On their way up, they think they see a bear, but that ain't no bear. And whatever it is stands up, and when it does, you see them turn tail and run the other way. They left everything behind. They got in their car and got the hell out of Dodge, just like I would have if it had happened to me. You know, no, he can have the tent, sleeping bag, all that night. He can have my Yeti cooler if he wants it. I'm not going back. No, never. I, that's why I don't go into the woods at all. I just, I'm, I'm anti woods. There's too many things that I just don't know about. Now the there's other, snakes, there's critters. I'm just, there's big feet. <laughs> I'm not into it. The other one is where it's another part of Provo Canyon. And this one is supposedly throwing rocks at people that are getting close. And it is different footage, a different area of Provo. But again, you can, you can distinguish between the two with Provo Canyon Bigfoot on YouTube. And then you can just do Provo Bigfoot throwing rocks and you'll come up with the second one. Then we have the skunk ape. Um, which that's, we've kind of touched on it with the Mississippi one. There's the Florida one where everybody's pulled over and finally someone gets out of camera and you see that what looks like a Sasquatch walking across that wetland. And that's one of the more famous modern footages. There is... Another one. What's the one? And this one is highly debated. Supposedly, this one is a trail camera mounted in a tree, something crazy like 12 or 15 foot in a tree. And it literally looks like a big ass gorilla's face looking up into it. And it's at night. It's all over social media. Oh, that one. I can't remember the ape's name, but there was an ape in a zoo. Oh, yeah, 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 that yeah. Walked, that walked upright, and that's all he did. And he had a very human-looking face, and that's footage of him. 
but he was a he was a chimpanzee, like confirmed. So don't be bringing that hoaxy bullshit up in here. Well, that's what I said. That's the that's the that's the only other modern one I know about is that one. Other than some of these skunk ape ones, the um. Well, no, I mean you got the there's there's one where it is a camera mounted in an eagle's nest. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one. They're monitoring the eagles, and they see a what appears to be a Sasquatch walk into frame and then out of frame. And the question would be, how the hell would they know <laughs> that that eagle in the eagle's nest is there with a camera to have the wherewithal to get their suit, find it, and then get get footage there? That that doesn't seem like it. Uh, there's the one in uh, Yosemite oh, where that's the they're newest, monitoring yeah. the buffaloes. That is one of the newer ones. And that guy had. There's a guy on TikTok. I think he's got seven that's, or eight parts. Yeah, they're, they're, the camera is just mounted. It's not. They can move it, but it's it's stationary. The camera doesn't. It, it, the camera can pan, but it can't physically move. Right. And it's just monitoring buffaloes. And in the very far background, you see a family of fur-covered creatures walk into frame. And that one, pretty convincing to me, too. There is, this is one that I had forgotten about. (laughs) This has just turned into a, remember this one? Yeah, basically it is. (laughs) It's the the guys in Florida on the canoe trip in Lettuce Lake, Park, and it's very similar to the one in Mississippi that we talked about. And it, but it looks a hell of a lot older. This one was in 2015. Um, there's going to be somebody listening. There's going to be somebody listening that's going to say to themselves, "Self, you know, it's really, you know, what makes a really good podcast when they talk about videos." <laughs> <laughs> that is true. This one might involve some some independent research. <laughs> do you want to talk about? Because this is just, we're just spitballing this. Do you want to talk about some of the I'll talk, findings? I'll talk about anything you want, man. I'll talk. You talk about philosophy. You talk about college football coming up with the crazy ass realignments going on. It is crazy. Um, the. Finding Bigfoot. That first season was when they tried to grab everybody's attention. So they started off with the footage of hell, it's just north of you, wasn't it? No. The The very first episode of Finding Bigfoot is called a Bigfoot Crossing in Georgia. Okay. And it is dash cam footage from a police officer. I believe he's a state patrolman. Giving a ride along. I didn't even know they fucking did that to some random ass lady and they catch the very end of something crossing the road on two feet. And it looks hairy and it looks big. But the reason that sticks out to me is because that was my ride to work. When I was in college, I graduated from the university of North Georgia in Dahlonega and believe it or not, my fat ass worked at a yoga resort, but I was just a dishwasher. (laughs) And that is like, it's less than a mile from where I worked. It was my ride to work every four days a week. As soon as I saw that, cause I saw the footage before the episode came out 
as soon as I saw that and it t- said it was Lumpkin County, Georgia, as soon as I saw the curve, I was like, I know exactly where that is. Like, I, that is my ride to work. <laughs> That's insane. It, it was. It probably was filmed at the time I was working there. Probably so. I can't exactly remember when it was filmed, but from like I was there from two thousand three to two thousand four to two thousand seven. So if it was in that time frame, that's when I worked there. I worked there the whole time I was there. Awful place. <laughs> Sweaty people everywhere. But when you have. Stuff like that. You have a dash cam footage and the police officers coming forward. You have to give him credibility. Whether or not he was hoaxed is one thing. Could have been a dude in a suit and he just ran across to be funny, but you can't discredit a police officer with dash cam footage. It's kind of hard to do. Okay. So according to the Google machine, it was either in May of 2018 or May of 2009. I'm thinking it's May of 2009. It's when Georgia, been 2018. Well, I know that. That's why I'm saying I, the more I, I scroll, the more May 2009 comes up. So it's May 16th, 2009. It's when a police okay. officer and a city worker are see the. Okay. Well, it was it was years after, but still. It was still my ride to work. That that changes nothing. <laughs> I know it was, and you're you're famous for it. The other one out of Finding Bigfoot was that thermal footage. I think it, the guy's name was Mike Green, um, and it shows what appears to be uh, a Sasquatch reaching over to grab something. I think the guy had left a Snickers on a stump, and it, he get catches thermal imaging of it, and they put Bobo's big ass out there, and again, he doesn't match up to the size. And Bubbo's a big man. Bubbo is a very big man. Anyway, we're starting to ramble. We're like, oh, remember this obscure one that's got four views? <laughs> well, I was just trying. That's what I was trying to do right now is just go back through. If there's anything from those shows, we are getting to the end. But if there's anything from those shows, Finding Bigfoot, Expedition. I think Expedition Bigfoot, they've probably done the best collecting circumstantial evidence of Scat, hair, possible footprints. Um, Who's done that? Who'd you say? Expedition Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and Blue Ridge that we have been to. I've been there five times. <laughs> I went there. I took, I took you there. I took my mom there. I took my wife there. I took two two different girlfriends there. <laughs> you like that place, don't you? Well, it's it's only seven dollars, and it's like a, it's about an hour away. So I mean, it's a nice little road trip. That is true. You know, nice little road trip. It's got a bunch of good restaurants out there, and it's seven dollars to get in. How I many hell? What else you gonna do? And it's Ain't air conditioning. That's very true. They got a very good air for. It's very small, but for the size, they've got a ton of stuff in there. But I'll, get, I'll tell you this much. You know how you go into like museums, like the first thing you do is you sit down and you watch an informative video about what you're going to see and this, that, and the other? It's got to be the worst fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I know that day <laughs> they, that we went up there, it was not very good. 
Well, it's the same. I promise you. Okay. They made a twenty-five minute video. They made a twenty-five minute video on fifteen dollar budget of animation. Uh, sir, you are wrong about your Bigfoot sightings. What the state? The great state of Georgia has twenty-eight more sightings than Oklahoma. Are you? You're looking at the BFRO, aren't you? Uh, yes. That doesn't that doesn't mean that's all of them. <laughs> now the BFRO, <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, <laughs> has that California has 445, and I guarantee you all 445 of them are in Northern California. And then, of course, yeah, you're, not, you're not seeing them in LA. No, 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 no. And then the great <laughs> state of Washington and Oregon are over there. You've got some sprinkled throughout. Colorado actually has 128. Texas has 246, and for a while, there was a group down there trying to kill one. Uh, the great state of Arkansas has 108. Ten, your your state of Tennessee has 102. What's crazy is New York's got 113. Michigan has 220. Ohio, Ohio Grassman, 302. We didn't even talk about the Ohio Grassman, which means that we can come back and revisit this for all of our true crime fans. Yeah, if you if you tune in for true crime, let us know how many more Bigfoot cases you want us to cover. And if you're real lucky, <laughs> we can find some audio clips that we can just piece in there and make you listen to the Sierra oh, sounds. Again. I still remember my one of my good friends was like, "I swear, I'm trying to support you in every way, but if you ever do something like that again, <laughs> somebody pulls up to a damn red light. And here's my fucking car making those sounds. I kill you." <laughs> Yes, it, that may have been the best review from a friend that we had ever heard. It was hilarious. <laughs> All right, so we'll wrap this thing up. You're not going to convince us that Bigfoot's not real. Um, our good buddy out in Arkansas, Richard, has seen some things uh, that we need to get. I need to get it documented um, so that we can visit this again. And um, if you... Our great listeners are from another state that has a lot of sightings, or you've heard of a sighting in your great state. Let us know, and we are not scared to uh, cover it. So we get into recommendations, and mine is going to be that you actually give it some time and go find the stabilized footage of Patterson-Gimlin and the Freeman footage, and they're all out there stabilized either Thinker Thunker or MK Davis has stabilized those two pieces of footage. And then there are zoomed in videos on YouTube that show, like coach said, the titties, the musculature, and what is believed to be a muscle tear or wound in Patty's right thigh. So again, a lot of detail for some drunk cowboy. Or if uh, if you're skeptic, it's just a fold in the in the foam padding. It's not that guy's that wallet, is it? Oh yeah, you can de- yeah. Oh god, don't get me started. <laughs> you can see his wallet. Really? He's got a he. They sewed a back pocket into the Bigfoot suit. So just in case they left his yeah, and just in case they left his big ass out there, or or somebody come up and he had to show them their license. Oh my lord. Uh. Anyway. My recommendation is going to be a podcast, a friend of the show, Magenta Vaughn, 
sent us today, actually. And I listened to the fifth. There's only five episodes. There's only going to be five episodes, and they're all pretty short. But it's called A Good Kid, the 22-year-old, the 22-year murder mystery of Zeb Quinn. And the reason why I listened to the fifth episode first is because it's a jailhouse interview with Robert Owens, who was arrested for his murder. If you've listened to our episode or you know anything about the case, and he basically tells, according to him, what really happened. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but he implicates somebody and he describes in detail what they did and how they did it and why. Not sure if I believe the man, but like I said in our podcast, he's got nothing to lose. He could confess to the murder if he did it. They can't give him life twice. They like, sure can't. He could have made a deal and confessed. But he didn't make a deal either. He just told them his side of the story. And they plead it down to he got accessory to murder. I didn't even know that. I missed that in the news. He actually did get convicted of accessory to murder in a plea deal. And they added like 60 years to his life sentence to run concurrently. It could run after. Who gives a damn? He's in there for life. Right. He's not getting out, guys. <laughs> He's not getting out. He's got no chance of parole. He's confirmed murdered two people and an, an unborn child. So three people. Pretty, pretty crazy. But I started episode, I listened to episode five, then went back to episode one. The first four are pretty short. Like the first episode is 19 minutes. So if you've got a long commute, you could burn through them, but all of it on the way to work and the way home. But I appreciate her letting us know that. I didn't know he did an interview. I didn't either. She sent it. Like she sent it to us. Hell, it was around lunchtime, wasn't it? It was around lunchtime. She sent it to us. Is they posted that interview today? She sent it to us before the news people, like newspapers, reported it. Because I wanted to Google it after I listened, and there was nothing. And I had I got called away. I had to go. I had to go to the grocery store. So I can't remember what I did. But when I came back, I refreshed the feed, and then they had reported about it about the interview. So go listen to that. Well, there's your recommendations. We want to thank everyone for sticking with us for five years and uh, over 200,000 downloads. Um, I hope we're still here in five more years. I'll be a little bit grayer. Coach will be a little bit thinner. But <laughs> <laughs> There ain't no chance of that. I wish. Um, I need it. But anyway – Thank you, guys. Thank you, patrons. Um, if you're not a patron, we've got tears for everybody. Um, you know, we always caught shit about our logo having a Sasquatch on it, and we took like 60 episodes to cover the Sierra Sounds. So we figured nothing more fitting for our five-year anniversary than to kick off episode 200 with a big old conglomerate of us just talking Bigfoot and Sasquatch. So there you have it. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And, Coach, do you have anything else for our lovely listeners out there? You know I don't. Uh, deuces. <laughs>